0: What's up, Fight Fans? You are listening to MMA Daily, the podcast where we bring you the latest in the world of mixed martial arts. It is Tuesday, February 11th, 2020. My name is Gabriel. You can find me on social media at Double G on TV. And I'm joined by my co-host, Natalie Zamudio.
1: Hello, Double G. Happy Tuesday. What you doing tonight, man? besides this podcast
0: (laughs) (laughs) i am good natalie z you know what um it's been a interesting time i am managing a lot of other non-mma stuff in my life right now so it's just you know like anything else you know you can't actually work 24 7 on the same exact thing so i'm just balancing the other parts of my life right now and just looking ahead i've got you know other stuff in the pipeline that I can't wait to announce, so I'm excited about that. But what about you? How's Joe doing?
1: That sounds, well, actually, before I get into that, yeah, it sounds great. I can't wait to hear what you got, what you got cooking. Uh, Old Joe's good. He's, you know, occupying 23 hours of my life, so <laughs> I have one free hour, and this is what I'm doing with
0: it. <laughs> well, thank um,
1: you. No, nah, man, he's cool. He's just, uh, he's just a baby doing baby things
0: (laughs) hey he gets a little older every day so enjoy it he does
1: and we're sleeping a little more now so he's getting like four or five hours you know starting from 7 p.m until 6 a.m somewhere in there
0: oh bless
1: (laughs) so i two two sessions of four or five hours so that's pretty good
0: there you go yeah get that nap in Heck yeah. No, I hear you. Well, yeah. So look, we got a lot going on. Obviously, a big and very controversial fight week that we are coming off of. So let's get right into it. The UFC two, This week's episode, the UFC 247 judging. And I think that we're going to have a couple of judgments of our own we're going to discuss. But the big one, Jon Jones versus Dominic Reyes, five rounds. First off, let's talk about the fight. I was very impressed with the performance of both men. Um, all the stuff, how you scored it aside, the cardio by John and how he kind of t- took a, you know, he kind of got away from it late in those last two rounds, really just got ahead of Reyes. Very impressed with that. He clearly knew that this was uh, going to be a factor for him. And he, you know, quite bluntly, he was able to put on the gas pedal effectively. In those final 10 minutes very impressive uh, Dominic Reyes I think he just did everything correct um, John Jones was a little more conditioned down the stretch but you know my goodness like didn't seem to struggle with John's attack his offense found his shots had him on the defensive more often than not in those first 15 minutes didn't really take any heavy damage uh, avoided the takedowns you know virtually the entire fight even a uh, you know off the top of my head even if he kind of stumbled and you know went to three points he never really ended up flat on his back against Jones and there were some very strong attempts there so i was just very impressed it was a very fun fight it was a very close fight um natalie we're going to talk about scores plenty i want your thoughts though on the actual combat because that's what we tuned in for
1: yeah, it was excellent. Uh, Dominic Reyes came out guns a blazing He and you know, ultimately that was to his detriment, but it made for an exciting three round first three rounds. Especially the first round, man, he was hot. And you know, you're watching that round and you know John Jones has been to five multiple times. You can see that Dominic Reyes has his number. He's attacking all these intelligent technical ways. And but but you're also watching this knowing this cannot last. And so at that point, it's just a matter of waiting <laughs> until poor Dominic Reyes runs out of gas. And uh, I'm happy that he made it through three. And uh, for me, anyway, he made it through three uh, uh, on top. And, you know, the result was what it was. As you say, we'll talk about it in a bit. But I was really impressed with Dominic Reyes. And with his performance all around the strategy, uh, or I should, you know, he failed to conserve his energy in the right way. He wasn't efficient with his energy, to quote Conor McGregor. But um, with John Jones, what impressed me was how he mentally stayed, stayed composed and then, and then surged in four and five. And he was fully aware of, of what he needed to do, as you say. And so he had that experience that allowed him to do, to just take over, man, just take over at the end of the fight. So mostly, though, impressed with Reyes. Can't wait to see how he comes back from this, from this fight.
0: Yeah, I think when I looked at it, it's uh, how to explain it. What did he do finally that all the other guys in John Jones' career haven't been able to do? I don't even want to pinpoint that necessarily, you know, they did or didn't. It's almost just, look, every fighter is different, every body type, every style. We talked about it a bit. Anthony Smith and Thiago Santos on paper have a lot of the same weapons, heavy hands, you know, probably a little faster coming up from 185. Um, but, you know, they fight very differently. Um, same thing, Reyes, whether he's taller or shorter compared to Gustafsson or anybody else, the fact is he fights a little bit differently, and I think that what it really came down to is Reyes fought, fought the perfect Dominic Reyes fight for John Jones. Avoided the takedowns. I expected him to maybe try it a little bit himself, Um, but he clearly didn't need to. He was winning on the feet. I think that he did a good job. The pace that he did, he really neutralized a lot of the offense coming his way for most of the fight with Jones. So I think that he just, I was very impressed with the good job. Then John Jones picked his spots. It was never just one-way traffic, so to speak. He did have his moments and he did catch Reyes with a couple good shots. The head kick, you know, Mm kind of sent the, you know, just shuffled his jaw a little bit. But just a very good fight, very close fight, which would have been nice and everything else. But let's get into it, um, very bluntly. How did you score it? I'm assuming I know the answer, but just go ahead and hit me with it.
1: <laughs> yeah, so I had I had Reyes up three rounds, one, two, three, uh, with Jones winning four and five. So for me, Reyes won the fight. He he should have won the belt. But you know, when it comes to, well, you know. There, there were judging, judges, the judging was in question for the entire card, right? But but in general, when it comes to like championship fights, uh, if you don't, if you're not, to me that was clear enough, but with someone like John Jones, you got to like, you got to kill him in there basically to win is, is what it seems like these days.
0: Yeah, for me, um I, uh, it was very close. I'm not going to lie. I've heard differing opinions. Round two to me was close. And round two, I edged it out by the skin of his teeth for John when I was mm. watching it. And four and five were his, clearly. And, you know, that, that was kind of all she wrote for me. I, I'll, I'll be honest, too. I was watching Twitter, and I felt like I was seeing people agree, man, I think it's 1919 going into round three. And I'm like, okay. So then when we suddenly saw, it's like, wait, did we not just, wh- where was the blasphemy? I do feel like there was a bit live, a bit of retracting opinions going on possibly Mm. which is completely fine that's kind of you know we're not judges we're fans and just spectators watching you know there's a differing you know there's a difference of how focused and what we're counting and all the notes that go into judging but for me i had it uh i've heard differing stuff that round three was the closer one for jones and i completely get it they were both very critical rounds Round one was the one that... That was all systems go for Reyes. I don't think there's any controversy there. Um, If you're telling me you saw... Anybody, I'm not just talking to you specifically, Natalie. um, That you think that that was round two, Reyes. I get it. If you're telling me that was round three, Jones. I'm sure I don't need much convincing. This is just a very close fight. Um, I think that the thing that we were uh, really bothered by was... um, there's now been a precedent, right, with the, you know, suspected Andrea Lee, Lauren Murphy. I, I want to go on the record now. I know there's been a bunch of videos. People are trying to, you know, see the cup of tea be spilled, right? You know, to really get into my metaphor, they want to catch the video of the ref on, or sorry, the judge on his phone, looking at the floor, talking, mm-hmm. just bluntly not paying attention. I don't think there's actually that footage that they know what the people look like to single them out. I've heard rumors, but I've also seen them be refuted to say, wait, that's not the judge, that's just a, another dude who doesn't need to be watching 24-7. So, but the fact is the cards are what they are. There was a little bit going on with the, um, the James Krause fight. There was a little, you know, people felt that the Derek lewis Alir Latifi fight was suspect. I personally felt like there was something going on with the Andrea Lee, Lauren Murphy fight. So now that we've seen the whole night go on, when we have this close fight that, yes, a lot of people more more than not scored it for Reyes when I did a poll. And I think when everyone has done the voting, uh, there's obviously now more of an uproar than just, oh, this was a close fight. So I, I want to toss it to you. What do you think happened with the scores? What do you think of the situation now that we're on Tuesday? We've had a few days to di- digest the situation.
1: Yeah, I mean there was definitely controversy all across the board, right over the card. Andrea Lee, Lauren Murphy. I I'll admit I was feeding I was feeding my son at the time, but I had the TV on. I was watching as much as I could. You kind of got to pay attention to your baby when you're feeding. Him. <laughs> you feeding him you can't just bit. sit there, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, but when a fight finished, I thought Lauren Murphy had won, and then, uh, you know, they gave her the fight, uh, but there was like booze and all this stuff. So I have to go back and watch it. Um, because it seemed sort of like consensus across the internet that, that it should have gone the other way. But, uh, as far as Jones and Reyes goes, I think we can both agree though, that the judge who gave him Jones four rounds to one, that was, that was clearly wrong. Like, you know, Reyes at least won two two rounds although you know as the way you're breaking it down two and three or or could go either way so I guess that's that's your that's your out there for that judge who gave Jones four to four to one
0: it's now, just can I refute one thing briefly sure because I've thought about this a lot and in the moment I was the same I was whiskey tango foxtrot about that 49 46 score. I was like, are you kidding me, man? Come on, what the? What is this blasphemy? Do you have eyes? Did you, did you have a good yeah. prescription for your fight? I was there in the moment, completely. I was because I realized how close this fight is. There is no way this is any more, you know, skewered than a 48 47. It has to be 48 47. How could you score four rounds to one? And then I kind of checked myself because. I had the same score as one of the judges gave Jones round two. The other judge that gave Jones 48-47 gave him round three. So why should we be surprised that one judge in all that numbers and math happened to give him both that the other two gave one or the other? Yeah. yeah. So I want to respectfully for Mr. Solis, because I am sure you are glad that there's no profile picture of you out there right now (laughs) in social media. (laughs) I want to give him a little, I'm going to give him a little bit of leeway that you can't be mad at Mr. Solis and not be mad at the other two. That is my one thing I'm going to say because when I looked at it, I'm like, you know what? You kind of got to, you know, put your money where your mouth is when you're talking about the scoring. But yes, completely in the moment. And I want to ask, because I feel like, why are we outraged? Why was this going on, right? If I had to put my finger on it, Natalie. It's because everyone was close. Everyone felt conflicted. Everyone knew that this has to be a close fight, right? So I almost feel like, you know, I'll say this. Why does it have to be a split decision to be a close fight? I mean, if anything, I almost feel like that leads to more controversy because it's like someone won or someone lost. When another judge sees it another way, it's almost like, well, what? Like, you know, suddenly it's, oh, my God, you know, Open the can of worms. You know what happens when it's a Mm -hmm. close split decision, especially in an important fight. So I think at the end of the day, if you scored for Reyes, you know, uh, that's all you really need to say. That was a close fight and you felt that it went the wrong way. Okay. I think, though, if it's about the judging and the scoring, I think that if you're mad, then what you are essentially saying is, You felt it was a close fight. You feel like the scores should better reflect maybe the conflict. And we just didn't see that. I'll be honest. When it was a unanimous decision, I mean, in the moment, I almost thought it was Reyes because I thought, okay, if two and three are the close ones, I almost feel like, wait, what? You know, I was so in the moment, like, I really don't know who this could go to because those early rounds were so close and because I felt like Jones only has two in the bag Reyes yeah. could possibly have three in the bag. That's what we're discussing. That's why we're on pins and needles.
1: Yeah, that's what I thought, too. I thought when they said unanimous, I was like, oh, my God, he did it. And I was like, my, uh, Bruce Buffer's about to say and new. And, well, he didn't. Uh, I, I think part of it, too, is that John Jones, you know, he's has a very strong
0: personality. He's divisive.
1: Yeah, yeah. And so people want to see him lose. And... You know, he has his fans, obviously, but I think a lot of people want to see him lose. And so when a fight is this close, this competitive, it's maybe a little bit easier to, like, get caught up in giving the other guy a few extra points here and there because you can just taste the, the, the moment when Jones is going to lose his belt. So there's a lot of things going on emotionally for MMA fans when you see a John Jones fight, and this one in particular coming off the heel of, of the questionable judging and other, and other fights. And then and then it being a close match. What I do like, what I did like, I should say, is how just honest Rogan, Joe Rogan, and Dominic Cruz were about calling out this judge, like, mid-broadcast. Like, all of a sudden, one of them saw that he had his head down, and they started having a conversation about it, you know, with hot mics on. Uh, I really appreciated that because sometimes it's frustrating when obvious, you know, uh, grievances, obvious, like, just uh, – Egregious is a great word. Things are are happening in a fight, and like no one has the balls to call call it out. So these guys had the guts to do it, and I appreciated that.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna say this on a final note. I need to see that that was the actual judge because I need to know that this is Judge Number One, and not just Rogan and Cruz. Because I, I I gotta say, if that's the case, you got a lot of fighters who have a case um to. You know, take it up with the state of Texas. I'm sorry, yeah. but that is money lost. That is, you know, that is some punishment to be doled out. Right. Very bluntly. So I, I got to say that is if this is indeed true, I'm talking not just I think that's the guy I'm talking. That's the man. That is the guy who is supposed to be scoring and he's checking the text or whatever. If that is true, I do think that, you know, you can't really understate the penalty that's got to be paid on a night like Saturday because there was a lot of, you know, things close. Um, I I know it's, look, it's a very tough thing. People talk about the open scoring that has been tried. In theory, you think it would be better, but it actually leads to unexpected problems is how I understand it. Um, Fighter performance, you think you're ahead, you suddenly aren't giving it your all and fans are being shortchanged. Fans are also aware and suddenly there's a bit of crowd effect going on. There's a lot of things you maybe don't anticipate. You know, on paper, though, it sounds great. We'll just make sure everybody knows what's going on. It's very interesting. And also, if I'm being honest, how do you know? Would you feel better if you feel like you have a split decision? It's like, no, suddenly it's a very, uh, it's a very temperamental thing. It is not a be-all end-all as I understand it, but I do know that they're talking about Kansas is trying it and that's going to be coming up for the Invicta fights coming up soon. So I do like it in that way, but this is not a one-month you know, free trial. We're going to figure it out and realize we've got to buy it like Netflix. This is going to be sit at the drawing board and let's get some people... Uh, unanimous across the field and I do like that they brought up it needs to be a across the board not just Texas Commission Vegas California no you need unanimously worldwide a set of rules that way there's none of this little you know unified rules non-unified come on guys
1: yeah it's It's not that hard and like if I'm a fighter and I fight in you know all these different states like I'm gonna get confused even if right before my fight the ref tells me oh you know you can do this and that and this is how we score or three knees down four, or, you know, three points, four points, whatever. Like when you get in there and your adrenaline is going and your brain gets scrambled, like you're going to remember which city you're in and which rules apply. Like that's so much, that's just not fair to ask to people that are putting their lives on the line to entertain us.
0: I mean, um, it, respectfully, most people, you know, Hey, what's the date today? How, how often do you hear people go, um, and you're talking about in the moment in a cage fight, they may remember all the rules. Yeah, exactly. Just saying, and mind yeah. you, because here's the thing: you're not exactly thinking about the difference between Texas rules and Kansas rules every day of training, no. Especially if you're fighting in Canada, <laughs> you know that's a lot of. Uh, you get what you get. My point. Yeah,
1: I get your point. And and then as far as open open scoring, like it sounds like it kind of fun like I'd be I would be so curious to just see it in in action but ultimately it it feels like a recipe for disaster because yeah how will you don't want fighter it already happens when a fighter thinks you know he or she is winning is winning because either they feel that way from their from how they performed or their corners telling them you're up two rounds and then they, they coast on the third that already happens and if we have the scores out there we could see that more uh, you know on the flip side, if someone really really knows they're they're down, um, then you might get an exciting third round or an exciting fifth round, but I don't think that's the, the gonna be the way to to fix this problem. I think um, more judges and and unification.
0: I mean, it's just, it's quite a lot. I I feel like there was a case where it was in UFC. I know it was like a big name one. I can't remember off the top of my head, but that happened. Like literally the guy's corner, you're ahead, Just, just hang on. And then he ended up losing the fight and everyone was like, shouldn't have been listening to your corner. You should have been trying to fight and win all the whole time. So like I said, it's a very slippery slope and you really illustrated that point very well too. So we'll figure it out. You know what now I'm tired. Let's talk about somebody who didn't need no judges. <laughs> Never she, need hey, judges. Is, is she a spy or is she not a spy?
1: Man, I asked myself that. Is she a red sparrow? I don't know. <laughs>
0: I swear she got it. Did you see
1: that video she posted a video on Instagram today? I think of her like dancing some Russian dance, some sexy dance with a tambourine.
0: I was like, "Oh my god, lady, like <laughs> are you a robot? Like what is this? Low key." What kind of, okay, besides the fact that she's famous and you recognize her, what skills do you need to be a spy? And are you saying that Valentina does not possess them? Oh, no, she clearly does. Well, you I have mean, to be like,
1: charming, you have to know multiple languages, you have to, hand be able to combat. Yeah, able to come defend yourself, you know, kill enemy if you need to, be seductive, right. be, be seductress. I mean, she's got all the qualities, so give me a break. <laughs> I uh, love her.
0: However. I'm just saying, uh, you know, is she, I'm not saying she is a spy. I'm not saying right. she's not a spy, and you know, I, that's all I'm saying. You know, it's just have really, you ever you know, seen? And it? then
1: she dyed her hair red, and she looks like that Maria Butina lady who was in the news, you know, all last year from the, her being a being a Russian spy in America. So, you know. That's very
0: interesting. I I got it. I'm not saying Valentina Shevchenko is a spy. I'm just saying you've never seen her not being a spy in the room. You know? (laughs) Right. That's all I'm saying. She's that good. (laughs) Anyway, um, all that joking aside, uh, very, uh, I'll be honest, of the upsets, I felt like it was going to happen on Reyes. Really, with Shevchenko and Shukagian, I was very surprised at how fast it seemed to get away from Caitlyn. I think that Valentina did a good job of just neutralizing the height, which was very apparent in the fight. You know, it's almost very striking. And then really uh, just just kept going. To, I thought she was going to try to chop the legs a little more. She clearly had no problem. She was getting to Caitlyn. Uh, takedowns. Um, I think the biggest thing that I was impressed by... Caitlin had to have been ready for it, and then Valentina still gets position and drops the elbow, does the visible damage. Um, I, I forget now, was it in the third that she got the finish? It kind it of was blends all. Yeah. Third round. I mean, it, rounds two and three were kind of a, all the same, just really Valentina in control. Caitlin. I said this before, I think that one of the things, if you're gonna outstrike Shevchenko and you're not as technically good, which I don't think anybody in the flyweight division off the top of my head is, you kind of need that extra firepower. Caitlin just does not possess it, and I think that that's another thing. You would have had to fight a very perfect fight, and Valentina showed exactly why she is at that top level right now. I think that she just really controlled the distance well, and as by about late in the first round, she kind of was doing everything she wanted to do. I don't have any other way to describe it.
1: Yeah, she owned her. And, and, and Caitlin, like, on paper, her her skill set, and just when you see her, you know, throwing punches, throwing kicks, everything looks great. Nice nice skill set. Long, rangy, like, you know, I thought there could be some moments where Caitlin can, can land some effective shots, but she didn't. I don't know if she was just a little afraid or if she felt Valentina's power and, you know became tentative but yeah Valentina just owned her and then to get finished like that by a Muay Thai champion you know every time we see Valentina she shows us something different we know she's she's just so strong like every muscle every fiber muscle in her is has been like developing since she was a kid like that most people don't have that kind of upbringing even mixed martial artists even some of the top athletes that we can think of so there's something – it's kind of like Khabib, right, where it's like they don't even look that cut or, or fit. I mean, she does, but they have this, like, deep, deep, like, inner strength. Um, so, anyway, so she takes her down. She does whatever she wants with her at will, you know, hits, kicks her legs, kicks her – That's beautiful spinning back kick to the face, you know, just to get slapped with someone, by someone's foot, like <laughs> –
0: I felt like that's my just, face was red watching that I one. Know. That was dang. I was just
1: like, oh my God, dude. Like how embarrassing to just get foot slapped? <laughs> this freaking yeah. Zohan up in there. But to get finished with a crucifix like that, like, you know, C- Cormier did that to Volcan. I think it was Ozdemir, right?
0: Yep. Uh,
1: and it's just one of those that's kind of like embarrassing to lose by, especially at the top in the UFC. Um, she just owned her ass, man. Like there's no other way to say it. And that's fine. Valentina is at the top. And Caitlyn has a strong skill set and she can come back around, you know, win a couple fights, improve. Now she has the experience. But um, Shevchenko is just right now untouchable.
0: I agree. So here's the problem. <laughs> yeah, I say the we same thing. It. I say the same thing about Amanda Nunes at 135 right now. I, I said this. I, if you, by the way, if you guys saw my preview with Drake Riggs, thank you. But I'm going to repeat my favorite line from the latest preview show. They are just like these arch enemies just destined to collide over and over again. Um, They hate talking about each other. I think they're kind of like, let me do my thing, let her do her thing, and whatever. You know, we fought, it happened, etc. There's just... Uh, I, I get it, you know, the... Amanda's won twice. Why does she need a fighter again? Valentina, I have my own division. She's bigger. I'm running the show. Why do we need a fight again? But it's just, is there anybody really you better competition right now? I heard uh, one of the reporters uh, tweeted it out, and I loved it. It was like, you know what? Forget about it. Shevchenko, Nunes, best of seven. And I almost, <laughs> you know, you can't double like, but I wanted to. Yeah, um, I, That's just all I kept going to, is that I really don't know where else you could really go for either of them. Um, look, I've said it, and, uh, you know, we're probably going to get a good break from it finally, but Amanda, at one thirty-five. You're waiting for, you know, Aspen Ladd. Let's see how good she looks against Panyup, most likely. Um, Irene Aldana, if they give her another fight in the interim. The Megan Anderson fight, if she beats, um, I believe it's Dumont, coming up in a couple months or a couple weeks, I think that that's an option. But at the end of the day, it, you kind of know, it, you said it, the conveyor belt. The same thing with Shevchenko. Joanne Calderwood is right there. I'd like to point out, not for nothing but MMA math, Joanne did only re- last year lose the split decision to Caitlin. Yeah. And, you know, uh, just a uh, very workmanlike, very good fight against Andrea Lee. But then once again, it's like this is Caitlin Trukagan was kind of the last of the Mohicans. We're kind of now reaching that point where it's like, look, Joanne's good, but she didn't exactly knock off a top contender to get her title shot, you know, and that, that being said, there's not too many out there, you know, outside of Valentina, Jessica I was coming off the loss, um, Liz Carmuch is no longer in the UFC, it, it's kind of hard to develop the people under Shevchenko, and you know, credit, that's kind of what she's supposed to do is make it look that good, be that dominant. But very bluntly, we're in that situation. It's going to be hard to get excited for these fights. You know, yes, it's a, jo- JoJo is a very tough fighter, very good striker. But when you're talking about the Shevchenko we just saw on Saturday, it, are you really pumped up for anybody who's not named Amanda Nunes? And if, by the way, for Amanda, as good as the, these up-and-comers are, are you really as anticipating it as much as if she would fight Shevchenko at this stage?
1: I mean, I'm always happy to see Shevchenko put it on somebody because it's just, it's fun to see, man. Uh, and probably the next best person in the division to fight her skill-wise is, is going to be her sister, looking at the rankings right now.
0: Oh, wouldn't that be um, nice?
1: That would be hilarious. I mean, but she got Macy Barber, who's coming up. Uh, Roxanne Montefiore, you know, well, is that didn't they just fight? My, yes. Yes, right. So she beat the, her. And, the,
0: the knee, remember?
1: That's right. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Yeah, Roxanne Ferry surprises me every time, dude. There's always something there, and you could you could make a little story about you know revenge for you know one sister taking revenge uh, for the other sister's loss. Um, but 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 in in all reality, she owns this division. I don't see anyone beating her. Maybe you get someone who gives her a, a, a close fight, but jeepers, no one's gonna beat her. And, and looking at the rankings, Guy uh, is i guess because caitlin lost to shevchenko jessica i went from number two back up to number one and that just makes zero sense like you got to put her somewhere but she got obliterated by shevchenko so the, the top is is yeah i mean i guess you got to go jojo jennifer maya roxanne and valentina says she'll take him. she doesn't care she just wants to fight so i'm happy to see it but um there's definitely tastier matchups uh, at 135, or one tastier matchup at 135.
0: I mean, that's all I'm saying. I'm hungry. Are saying, you hungry? Yeah. I'm hungry too. That's all I'm saying.
1: I, I'm saying, and look, I I stay. I'll say it every gosh darn time. She, she in my eyes, Shevchenko beat Nunez in that second fight. She should have been the 135 champ. So, let's see. That's let's exactly. Just hey, that,
0: that's exactly why I'm bringing it up. Like, come on, guys. Uh, I get it. There's a lot of business involved and that's, you know, it's very easy for me to say that. Just like it's easy to say we wanted the Cyborg Nunes, a rematch. We all know that it's not as simple as saying, yes, that's a good fight. We want to see it. Let's sign it, Dana. There's a lot more to this game. Yeah, Um, I I, I heard her bring up Jennifer Maya. I got to be honest, I'm not sold on that. Uh, I know that they're bringing her up as a flyweight, but she's missed the weight twice, right? For Caitlyn yeah, and twice. for her, Roxanne, and I she's already got the losses in a couple UFC fights to Carmouche and Caitlyn. Uh, don't get me wrong; like you're gonna go there. I feel like uh, I'll say it: Paige VanZant. You know, like on a off a big win off over someone like Rachel Ostovich, even though it's been a year. I mean, I feel like that's a little more momentum. Uh, Roxanne has a better case with Macy Barber, but I think most people will tell you it was still kind of, you know, that was a middle-of-the-pack fight to step up, not necessarily a title eliminator, in my opinion. So, I think that that's a... I think it's going to be JoJo at the end of the day, just the same way I think it'll be Aspen for Amanda Nunes, but who knows? I think it's... Um, It's very interesting because uh, how busy do they want to be, and how much money is actually on the table for a trilogy? Very bluntly.
1: Yeah, um, and like they'll make the most money fighting each other um, than anybody else in their respective divisions, and then Shevchenko has the other opportunity um, with Wei Li Zheng, whereas Nunes just has uh, Shevchenko, unless you know for whatever reason. Wei Li wants to go up to 135 too, but you know, that's kind of that's the juiciest. Those are the juiciest matchups right now. You're you're three champions at uh 1 115, 125,
0: 135. No, for sure. Um, we didn't talk about it because we really took a lot of time with the judging. Um, John Jones, uh, what's next for John? Um, do you think that they book a rematch or did they turn their sights elsewhere?
1: Ah. Uh, Uh, I want to see a rematch but I don't know if I want to see it right away in which case who's next Um, I think we just wait to see Corey and Jan I I don't want an immediate rematch for Dominic because he he did such a great job I feel like he should he should take the time to heal his body and to come up with a a new strategy or an improved strategy because his was obviously very effective.
0: When you don't have a dramatic upset, when the champion kind of holds, it's really hard to say, oh, let's book a, a media rematch pay-per-view. And I'll give you a great example. Look how many guys Floyd Mayweather had to go through before they did that instant rematch with uh, Maidana before the Pacquiao fight. Yeah. I mean, no offense, but it, why did that fight come together? Because he's beaten every other guy. You know, no offense, but down the stretch, you probably didn't recognize the guys he was fighting anymore because everyone else was off the list. Yeah. Um, that's kind of the John Jones, not the John Jones situation. Sorry about that. It is not. Because you do know that Corey Anderson, Jan, that winner is kind of right there. Johnny Walker beats Nikita Krylov. Think about the schedule. Maybe he builds him up. He's right there. The, the spectra, uh, I'll say this, him moving up to heavyweight kind of feels like LeBron James in the dunk contest. You know he could do it, you know it'd be fun, but you just feel like it's not really what he wants to do, and so he just kind of is being polite when he says he's going to do it. I just don't believe it. And case in point, All-Star Weekends this weekend, LeBron is still not in the dunk contest. Um, <laughs> uh, anyway, back on MMA. I guess at my point, I think that they're going to go with the winner of Corey and Jan. And I think that, you know, long-term plans. Adesanya's there in 2021 if he holds court also. I think that that's the fight to happen for John. I think as a businessman, there's just less risk. You're moving up to heavyweight when you're already the, you know, the GOAT. Uh, you know, no offense. I'll say this very simply. I feel like DC almost needed to move up to heavyweight more than John Jones. Because of the way the Jon Jones fight went. DC kind of... That was bigger for him. Jon Jones moving up to heavyweight. Would you still say... I mean, look, I get it. There's a lot of... um, I use the term extracurriculars when discussing Jon Jones. But on paper, he's the goat to everybody already. If he were to never move up to heavyweight and just instead give us another three or four title defenses including Adesanya, that wouldn't change. He'd still be probably the number one guy on most lists.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I don't really care to see him move up and especially this is going to sound ridiculous, but his calves, his legs are so are so scrawny no matter what he does. And like, can you imagine Francis Ngannou kicking John Jones's legs? A good point. I mean, like Derek Lewis. Hey,
0: hey, I'd like to point something out. Look at Derek Lewis' legs.
1: His legs it's, are not that big either. Yes, it's, that's correct.
0: It's not everything.
1: <laughs> it's not everything, but. Yes, John I Jones, know. man, something about him. Like looking at his calves, I'm just like, oh man, it just it's almost unsightly. Anyway, no offense.
0: Like you're but, gonna uh, break, John. You can't. He can't do that to you. You <laughs>
1: can't change his anatomy. He can't help it. But um.
0: Would you say he might break bones? But. <laughs>
1: Um, but yeah, so like, you know, when he was talking about, I think he only wanted to do it when it was like a big money, big money fight with Brock Lesnar. Anybody else? Nah, uh, he, he'll just, yeah, like you say, entertain the conversation, but he's not, he's not like raring to go up to heavyweight. Uh, he's dismissing Adesanya, but I think he knows that's the bigger money fight than anybody at heavyweight. Cormier's not going to fight him at heavyweight, or fight him again. Cormier is basically out the door. He wants the Stipe redemption, and if he doesn't get it, I mean, he has said he will just retire. So uh, for Jones, I still like the idea of just feeding him his division, and then when the time is right, you've been saying 2021, give him Izzy. But otherwise, I think stay at of heavyweight. It's it's not that exciting for me. He, I don't think he'll have success, and so it's like, what's the point?
0: I mean, I'm with you there. I'm glad you mentioned Izzy. Did Yoel Romero give him the first L of his career with a backflip?
1: Dude, I mean, I'm like, is Yoel okay? Like, is he... <laughs> I know he's like a superhuman, but he was wearing jeans, and he just bounced off the floor in the splits. I was and he hurting... did that cold turkey. Cold turkey, man. Didn't warm up, nothing. And... I just really hope I was like I hope he didn't hurt his his manhood. I hope he didn't hurt his 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 you know his groin. Nothing, because that looked like something that could destroy destroy parts of your body <laughs> the way he did it. But he popped right up like nothing. He is he is a human specimen. That guy.
0: I mean, I think that Israel Adesanya should immediately have to start a round two because round one's already ten eight Romero.
1: Yeah, ten eight for sure. You know,
0: I mean, like yeah. it's. Like, I'm oh, sorry. And then when Izzy was like, all right, we're going to save it. I'm like, no, Izzy, either put up or shut up, man. <laughs> I mean, that's, I'll, I'll say this. It made me excited for the fight. I'm yeah. Like, all right, yeah. we're going to, we're going to see a little bit of Kung Fu fighting. I'm never against that. So I'm ready for it. I am ready to see that. That was, that was a lot of fun. But yeah, good stuff. Good. Um, you know, there were some good fights on the undercard. Uh, James Krause on 24 hours notice. Jesus That's a BMF right there. I know. Poor
1: guy, man. He was kind of getting beat up there.
0: (laughs) I mean, hey, hey, he signed up. He could have said no. (laughs) He could
1: have said no. And hopefully he's not, you know, wasn't hurt too badly. Dana White said he's going to cut him an extra check. So it better be a good one.
0: I know. For real. It's like, dang, that is, that's gangster. Anyway, we had some MMA news. Um, You know what? Let's start with the bigger one. Because I think that one, you know, get people rolling uh, they've just announced the um, fight for the vacant middleweight championship. Earlier today, Douglas Lima, welterweight champion, will move up to take on Gegard Musasi. Of course, we're talking about Bellator. On May 9th, they will be the co-main event to Ryan Bader versus N- Vadim Nemkov for the light heavyweight championship. Not for nothing, you know, Musasi is another guy who has entertained light heavyweight. You got to think there might be an added you know, element there, but I think the real attention can Douglas Lima do what Rory McDonald couldn't?
1: Uh, yeah, I think for sure. I don't think he's gonna get owned the way that Gegard owned Rory. Kind of just manhandled him. Uh, I think Douglas Lima was a little bit more game and uh, just sturdier. No, no knock to to Rory, but but Gegard is just so. He's just, you know, just look at the guy. You don't need me to say anything. Yeah. So I think I think Lima's just better built for 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 that matchup.
0: I think that for me, he, you know, definitely. Look, he's a bigger athlete. He carries a little more muscle. You got to imagine he cuts a lot to make one seventy. You know, on your way in, then to fight night rehydrates. Uh, my thing about it, um, is that you know, and I heard one of the um somebody, an analyst somewhere said it that. When you look at how good Gega Musasi is when he is on fire, it is hard to imagine any smaller athlete regardless of how good whether it's Rory GSP, Tyron Woodley, Kamaru Usman moving up and taking it from him. You kind of I almost feel like you need that size and extra firepower when you're talking about neutralizing a guy as technically sound as Gega Musasi. There's very few guys who I would argue are, you know, Striking maybe Izzy, you know, maybe Robert Whitaker, But even then, you know, you're talking about a very crafty fighter at 185. Douglas Lima does have more firepower. I don't know if at 185, though, he has exactly that extra pop. At 170, yeah. he's the hardest hitter. At 170, he could give Kamaru Usman, Jorge Masvidal a run for their money. But at 185... I feel like one of the big strengths of his is that he tends to be the bigger guy at 170. He is not going to have that against Gegard Musasi, so I do think it's going to be a little bit tougher. Um, yeah, I mean,
1: they're the same height, six one, yeah. but structurally, I mean, there's, there's a clear difference there.
0: Yeah, but um, look, I, this is a very competitive fight. I think that at the end of the day, you have a guy in Douglas Lima... Uh, I think it comes down to a bit of grappling again. I do think that Gegard, even though he could probably stick and move with him, you don't really want to be there and give him the opportunity to possibly land some heavy shots. Especially when you know that you get him onto his back, you take away probably the most lethal weapons in his game. Um, Douglas is a very uh, competent grappler, but I don't exactly see him going for triangles and Flying arm bars off of his back, you know, not that you can fly off your back, but you know what I mean. Um, <laughs> I just don't see him going pulling something out of the hat like that on a guy like Gegard Musasi, similar to Caitlin on uh, Shevchenko that we broke down last week.
1: Yeah, I think it'll be a good fight. Lima's game, but I think Musasi will just and ultimately be bigger, and so even like it's almost to me it almost feels like you you can just put the skill sets aside it's it's just going to be a size game. But we'll see.
0: Yeah, that fight obviously happening in May. By the way, what do you think about this cuz now multiple fighters are saying it. Dominic Reyes is asking John if the rematch is going to be in LA or in Vegas. Dustin Poirier saying Nate Diaz possibly in LA, you know, in California in May. Do you think the UFC is just dragging their feet and telling us that LA is going to be getting a UFC event in May? Um,
1: I mean, I don't know. Probably. They, they, they sure love to keep us in the dark or mislead us, so it's entirely possible. That would be great. What do you think they would do, the forum again?
0: No, I think Staples Center. Staples? I, think that, I think the only way forum happens is if Staples Center is booked for an important date, like mm. the, the John Jones Gustafsson I think they had a which I'm okay with Gabriel Iglesias at Staples Center. Love, <laughs> hey, I love me some Fluffy. That's a funny dude. Yeah, but um, you know, Staples Center was booked for that weekend. That's why the fight ended up at the Forum. So I I think it's uh, personally I like it because I know that the uh, late summer tends to be UFC territory, but I kind of like the idea that it'll be in late spring.
1: I mean, yeah, Well, uh Either way, it's gonna be nice here in LA. We could
0: could tailgate. Yeah, we'll hang out. I'll meet Joe. Yeah, I think I
1: think that'll be the right age for him to go to a MMA fight. Yeah.
0: (laughs) We'll buy him his first UFC hat. It'll be nice.
1: We can use baby bottles to smuggle in vodka or you know (laughs) white Russians (laughs) that look like milk. You know,
0: a bad one. But I love it. Uh, Anyway, um, let's talk about some other news. UFC Portland is announced for April. The main event, Alistair Overeem, will be taken on Walt Harris. Obviously, you guys remember that the fight fell through after great tragedy to Walt. Um, You know what? Uh, Anytime, uh, I'll be honest, anytime I mention Walt Harris, I feel like it's just injustice not to acknowledge it because it's such a i mean how what do you say in this moment but um i feel like him fighting first off I'm, i respect I, I think everyone respects the time that he took and i think everyone continues to send just his wishes to his way to the family i feel like taking the fight this is a sign that you know what just you gotta move forward and you gotta do the best you can every day you know now for someone else you know in your heart. And I really love that. I think that this is a great fight. I think that maybe there's a little more opportunity there when you consider the way the Overeem Rosenstrike fight ended. I think that this is a good fight. I think that the booking shows the UFC, Overeem, everyone involved saying, look, you know, this is a fight that still made sense before stuff happened. This is one we still want to see.
1: Yeah, it is, and and might be more for Walt Harris than for Overeem because, I mean, what when, when did he fight uh, Rosenstruck? December? That was uh,
0: yeah, like first week of December.
1: I mean, I hope his his lip is healed. Jeez, <laughs> that was something. That was some gnarly, uh, <laughs> some gnarly lip splitting there. So, uh, you know, April's far away, but it's not that far away. So, I hope I hope he's he's uh, he's ready to take a punch. Uh, I think it's yeah, it's more for Wall Harris just to get him back in there. And to be fair, give him the same opponent. And if Overeem was ready to go, then then okay. Um, but yeah, the sick tragedy, man. And like, yeah, you just gotta keep moving forward. And and um, it's you know, I think good to see that that he's he's back, and and we'll all be looking for a, for a strong performance from him.
0: Uh, I think you know. I don't want to speak for him, but I'd almost feel like you would imagine those around him wouldn't want him to, you know, disappear forever. You know, I, I think that everyone would want him, you know, his family who loved him and supported him would want him to get back to action. And, you know, just I, I'm not going to say it's easy and it's he's a just a fighting robot who shouldn't have emotions. But like I said, I just feel like this is probably a sign that, you know, Maybe getting out and getting active, and maybe having a fight and something else to think about. Maybe that's you know part of his healing right now. And I think that you know, look, he's a very tough guy, and I'm sure he's training hard and focused. You know, with everything going on, I'm I'm ready for it. And certainly, I think that um, no matter what, I think a lot of people will say that him getting back out there is going to be a big moment for everybody. And I think that that's something very special, especially in the fight game.
1: Yeah, I look to see some, some you know, really um, heartfelt features on Walt Harris coming, uh, leading up to the fight and, and all that. And, uh, you know, hopefully he, he's able to not get harassed, not harassed, but, you know, hopefully the media doesn't harp on it too much so that he can stay focused on on the fight.
0: Yeah, I I think everyone is gonna acknowledge it's already an elephant in the room. You know this. I'd also like to point out it's a um, excuse me, it's a fight night, so there's not they don't do full media days for fight night. They kind of just scrum, and I'm assuming you know it's the same group of people. If one person asks him, he doesn't have to answer it a dozen times like they do at a traditional media day. I think that's gonna help him a lot.
1: Yeah, so MMA no. junkie will ask, and then no one else has to ask.
0: <laughs> yep, John Morgan. Yep. You Come on, get it out of the way. <laughs> yep. No, but um, respectfully, I do think that, um, yeah, I mean, we've met enough of the people. I think that everyone is going to be respectful of the fact. We all understand it. Definitely. Anyway, um, moving on, there's, there is a big fight night, like we just mentioned. UFC Rio Rancho. And obviously, this fight, very significant. When you talk about the future of Jon Jones, Dominic Reyes, everything else. Corey Anderson taking on Jan Blahovich for the second time. The first time, I think I wrote it down and I forgot it. 2015, if I'm not mistaken. That fight, Corey kind of just dominated with his wrestling. Um, Natalie, the thing about this fight is that they have evolved. For one, I think that Jan is just kind of grown into a UFC fighter. And what I mean by that is maybe he was struggling for a little bit. I think when you watch his performances with Luke, with Tiago Santos, with Jacare, he's kind of proven, you know, that now his all-around just game has kind of risen the level and now he can hang consistently with these guys. Corey Anderson, by the knockout over, you know, Johnny Walker, not just a wrestler, Powerful man, powerful athlete, kind of had to do some developing himself. And yet, this fight on paper, Corey Anderson's wrestling versus everything else from Jan Blachowicz, I think. And that's a very odd thing to say when they've developed so much. But I can't see Corey Anderson wanting to mix it up in the middle of the cage with Jan. And at the same time, I can't see Jan, you know... He's going to be just very weary of the takedown. He knows that's really where Corey might have the advantage.
1: Yeah, it's interesting considering Corey's last fight. You know, what a shocking, impressive knockout of Johnny Walker. And then you look at Jan's last knockout, which was to Luke Rockle, not his last fight, but his last knockout. That was impressive, too. I mean, I wonder if these guys would give us a little bit of stand and bang. Uh, Cause that could be fun, but, but I do suspect Corey will smartly just, you know, use his wrestling, but look, he got a big pop when he, when he beat Walker. So if he wants to keep that momentum going, yeah, yeah he might try to, he might try to keep it on the feet or at least not, not go to wrestling right away or not rely on it too heavily. He's got the hands to do it. He just has to be careful because, you know, Jan's no joke. He can knock you out too.
0: I'm going to bring something up that I'd never, ever like to say, because you're in a cage fight. Whatever, you you know, within the rules, whatever you got to do to win, that's what you do. I will say, because I know people were very critical of the Jan versus um, Jacare fight. People have been critical of Corey Anderson in the past. When you're talking about, okay, John Jones is staying at light heavyweight, should... Either, you know, should the performance, you know, let, let's say you have a Derek Lewis, Francis Nganu situation. I do think you could really skewer and push, make the big case so it's like, you know what, I'd rather see Dominic Reyes against John Jones again. I do think that there's gonna be a little bit of pressure to push the action for the fact that, you know what, yeah, just win, but you kind of need to bring it a little bit if you want to really lock in the fact. I'll say this, from a negotiating standpoint, John Jones won the fight. So, really, who's the person to, with more to gain in the rematch? It's Reyes. Whereas, you know, Corey Anderson, Jan Blachowicz, now suddenly, you know, it's more of, um, you kind of add another, put another feather in the cap, right? This is more a step closer to sweeping your division. I think that these guys now takes place a bit of the marketing aspect you you know there's going to be pressure do push the issue similar to Corey like you just brought up Jan you got to imagine he want. who wouldn't want to replicate the knockout like he had over Luke Rockhold but I do think that that's just you know that's kind of a latent factor hey if you if for whatever reason you know things kind of get stifled in there suddenly you know title shots and everything else are starting to get less and less secure
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's not a guarantee and, you know, yeah, they, they both have a history of, well, especially Corey, you know, being kind of mm, less than exciting, but like I said, he popped so hard with, with Johnny Walker knocking him out. Um, I don't know, man. I just think that, that, that's the, if you, if you want to jump the line and they're already basically right there next knocking on the door for John Jones. Um, if, but if you want to jump the line over Reyes yeah you you, you got to do something special, and that you know can get tricky, right like you were saying yeah. alluding to because as soon as you start tasting the heat, if you, you start feeling the heat, I should say, and you realize, okay, if I try to go do something flashy I might get 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 hurt myself, then you get safe and it could get boring but now, nah, man, I don't think so I, I think I think if anyone, Corey's gonna go for it, and so so I, I'm looking for him to to sort of repeat what he did with Johnny Walker. Even though Johnny Walker was kind of being a little bit of a clown and not taking Corey seriously enough, Jan's not going to do that. But there will be an opportunity. I think, I think Corey will, uh, will capitalize.
0: All right. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I've been a big believer in Jan Blahovic. I think that he's um, – I, I just think that he's very underrated. I think that when you look at you know, his fight with Tiago Santos – this is a fight he was in there with and you, everyone, you don't need to be told how dangerous Thiago Santos is. You know, this is a tough one. Um, Luke Rockhold, he had a great performance. He weathered the storm against Jacare. I felt like he was doing all the right things against a very dangerous guy. Uh, Corey Anderson's got a lot of gifts. I think the wrestling's right there, but I feel like Jan Blahovich, he's a guy who learned from that fight. He's learned from a lot of other stuff. Um, training for a fight with Jacare for five rounds. A lot of takedown defense has been drilled. I believe he's ready to defend it. I believe that he's a better striker than Corey. I'm gonna go with Blahovic. Uh, third round TKO. I think that he's gonna stuff some takedowns and eventually do some damage later on.
1: Okay, uh, I'm gonna go Corey. I'm gonna go round four. Uh, I think it'll be TKO, and uh, I think it'll, you know, I think he will hurt him on the feet, but I think he'll he'll TKO him like against the cage.
0: Gotcha. Well, we are split, so someone gets bragging rights next week <laughs> when we come back on the show, uh, guys. Next week we will recap all of the action and we will look ahead to the next fight UFC Auckland from lovely New Zealand with uh dan hooker taking on the irish dragon and everyone's favorite target i think out of all the analysts paul felder you know <laughs> you notice i mean very few people they call that dc you don't see Bannon waits talking trash to dominic cruz but everybody even conor mcgregor is like where's that guy at the desk it's like They just like to call him out when they're in there. (laughs) I just feel like you see it happen more to Paul than any other contender. I don't know if it's low-key they feel like he's an easier target because, you know, everybody else has kind of held gold or is retired and Paul Felder, he hasn't exactly had his big moment yet inside the cage. So I feel like that just keeps happening. Everyone just keeps calling him out. And Dan Hooker did too, if I'm not mistaken.
1: He did, yeah. And so, well, got his wish. And, and that's a heck of a fight, man. I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to digging into that.
0: The Hangman versus the Irish Dragon. It is going to be fun stuff. Natalie, where can we find you on social media?
1: You can find me on uh, at Zamudio underscore on Twitter and at Zamudiorama on Instagram.
0: Guys, okay, so you can find me all the time at double G on TV. Just spell out the word double and we'll be back next week.